Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Michigan Hoops is off to a 15-0 start, and my guest today thinks they are going to get better as the season progresses. Beat writer James Hawkins from the Detroit News joins me in just a minute with his thoughts on red-hot Michigan hoops. First, a few of my thoughts to get us started this week. As you know by now, Greg Madison is going to Ohio State and joining the staff as co-defensive coordinator. I, like most of you, were a little bit surprised when I first heard the news. I think we have to wait and see what was going on there. His contract had expired, so did Jim not offer an extension? Or was the move only because he wanted to be a coordinator again? He's 69 years old. And why Ohio State? I think that's the question that all of us have. I'm disappointed, but he is a great coach and has done a great job here in Ann Arbor. It's just that I'd rather see him go anywhere than Columbus. Al Washington has officially been offered by Ohio State too, and I hope Jim puts the full court press on and tries to keep him on staff. He is a good young coach and has helped reestablish recruiting in Ohio. And there lies part of the problem. Even though Al played at Boston College, his dad played at Ohio State, and he grew up in Columbus. So we'll see how that turns out, and I'm sure very soon. How the football season ended will stick with us all winter, spring, and summer. At least we have John Beeline and Michigan Hoops to take our minds off football, at least for a while. My guest today says no one that covers this team thought they would be this good so early in the season. James Hawkins from the Detroit News joins us next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. on our game day segment this week as we turn our attention to Michigan hoops is beat writer James Hawkins from the Detroit News. Good to have you back with us, James. Good to be back, Mike. Well, you know, I was thinking this morning, I have to say I never thought Michigan would get off to a 15-0 start, but once again on Sunday afternoon against Indiana, a very impressive win, James, on all levels, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Michigan was able to kind of set the tone from the tip. I mean, this was Going up against Indiana, I mean, look, they got two of the premier players in the Big Ten. They have one of the best freshmen in the nation in Romeo Langford. They got one of the, the best big men in the Big Ten in Juwan Morgan. Um, you know, they're a top 21 team. They were coming in on a, you know, they are kind of riding a seven-game win streak of their own. And this was kind of a, the type of test that Michigan hadn't had in a while. I mean, if you look at kind of December where, you know, they were kind of finishing up the non-conference slate and they were just kind of, just trying to get through there, playing, you know, the one game a week, you know, playing against the likes of, you know, Air Force, Western Michigan, Binghamton, um, just trying to kind of survive and get through that stretch. Um, I mean, this game against Indiana was kind of, you know, uh, top 25, you know, opponent has, you know, comparable talent to Michigan. Um, kind of the, their biggest test they had maybe since, you know, they, they played uh, North Carolina or Purdue. And, I mean, they, they kind of handled the Hoosiers with uh, relative ease. They, like I said, they kind of set the tone right out the gate. Um, kind of punched the Hoosiers in their mouth. They rattled off that, you know, 19-4 to run to kind of jump up 19 early in the first half, and they just really never 
never let down. I mean, granted, Indiana, they kind of made a little run in the in the second half. They kind of cut it to single digits. But, I mean, every time it seemed like Indiana kind of, you know, pulled within distance, you know, Michigan was just able to throttle it back up with relative ease and just kind of push it back to 14, 15 points and then just kind of, you know, coast to their 15 straight win. Well, at the start of the season, you know, I was not sure what we were going to get on a day-to-day, game-to-game basis from Jordan Poole. But again, uh, he had 18 against IU on Sunday. He has been very good so far this year. His game just keeps developing, especially defensively, doesn't it, James? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of funny. It's kind of, I think we've all forgot about the start to the season he had where he kind of got off, I think it was what he shot, opened one for 10 from three-point mm-hmm. range, and then he was in single digits for for those first five games, but those, it seems like a long time ago. And he has arguably been their most consistent player, um, you know, after, after those first five games. And the thing with him is he coach uh, John Beeline, you know, alluded to this and uh, with the, with the Penn state game, he started having defenders go out and guard him further out on the perimeter that he's kind of become this, you know, Mark men in a sense, um, you know, as opposed to last year where he was kind of just a guy that came off the bench and kind of just helped space the floor but now he's a guy who's got the ball in his hands more. He's he's more of a playmaker, more of a facilitator. And so he's adjusting to, you know, that's something he's going to have to do moving forward, adjusting to, uh, you know, these defenses, how they're coming out and getting him and, you know, kind of running the offense through him more in these ball screen situations. And he's definitely shown he can handle it. And he is, like I said, he's kind of been their, their most consistent player, it seems like, after that, after the first five games. And, I mean, he's shown he can kind of, you know, just, you know, take over games or get a kind of knock down these big shots and just kind of help uh, Michigan kind of rip off these runs when they can kind of just distance distance themselves uh, from opponents. Well, Charles Matthews uh, match pools 18 on Sunday with stellar on defense. Always is. He's really playing some good ball right now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he he, he arguably had, um, you know, one of the toughest matchups in that game, you know, like we alluded to guarding, guarding Romeo Langford and, we spoke to Charles after the game, and he kind of just said, you know, he 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 approaches every every matchup the same, and it's a uh, kind of funny. I mean, depending on who he goes against, but I mean, you'd think he'd have a little bit extra juice going up against a guy who's you know maybe considered to be a lottery pick, you know, at least a consensus uh, first round pick. But but yeah, I mean, he said the one thing the coaches maybe worry about with him is you know when they when they play these uh, lesser foes, I guess so to speak, but I guess whenever it's a, kind of a big game, that's uh, you never have to worry about Charles. And, and him and him and Jordan, they really set the tone for Michigan in, in that first half that where they kind of, you know, really put Indiana on their heels and put them in a hole that they that they weren't able to dig out of. And, I mean, one of the, on Indiana's first possession of the game, he kind of <clears throat> set the tone for the entire game when he kind of jumped the passing lane and tipped the ball out and was going to get a fast break dunk but until a uh, Langford uh, had to follow him to pick up a foul, you know, 36 seconds into the game. But yeah, there were, it seemed like there were some stretches in December where he kind of, kind of faded at times. And some of that would be due to foul trouble. And I think that's the the big key for Charles is we know what he can give Michigan on the defensive end. He's obviously one of their, the the top defenders, but as long as he's able to stay out, stay out of foul trouble, it, um, I think he's able to give, you know, Michigan, Michigan what it needs on, on, on both ends of the floor. Xavier Simpson chipped in 12 on Sunday, played his usual solid D. He just seems to me still, I mean, people want to get more out of him offensively. Kind of is what it is, I think, at this point. But he 
is the heartbeat of this team in so many ways, isn't he, James? Yeah, I mean, he's he's been doing a good job running the offense. I think the one thing that really stands out is like his assist numbers. I think in the majority of games, maybe except with the exception of four, I think he has you know at least five assists, and I think he knows his role. I mean, I think he his job is just to run the offense. I mean, if you look at kind of what this team has kind of evolved into, I mean, it's like Michigan has a, a big three in, in Jordan Poole, Charles Matthews, and Ignis Brasdakis. And, I mean, Simpson's not asked to do, you know, much. I mean, he I mean he is capable of scoring, you know, 10 to 15 points. I mean, against Indiana, he scored 10 points. But he's not a guy, you know, he's not like, it's not like the Michigan teams were with Derek Walton where, you know, Derek had to kind of carry the team on his shoulders and kind of, everything ran through him. Um, I mean, I think Xavier knows, you know, his, his role. I mean, he just, he's, he's doing a, a much better job running the offense and, uh, you know, finding guys, getting guys in their, in their sets. Um, and yeah, the one thing against Indiana is, I mean, he, I mean, the scouting report, I, I think has to be out on him. I mean, he's not really, you know, a knockdown three point shooter, but he's still, um, it just seems like he's able to get by defenders with relative ease and get to the rim. And I think that's, like I said, I think that it's pretty much out on him. I think people would more so be playing him to drive, but he's still able to just blow by guys and just get to the rim. And he had a couple of those petted running sky hooks against Indiana. <laughs> um, and, I mean, he was able to hit some, some buckets when, I mean, Indiana was kind of cutting it close, you know, kind of clawing, clawing back. I mean, he he's shown that he's, he can step up and kind of hit a hit a bucket to kind of quell momentum. But, yeah, like like you said, I, I don't think he's just – he's just not really asked to, to do too much. I think, you know, he just – sets the tone on on defense and and you know just disrupts the opposing team's offense and I mean I think that's his, his main job and I mean he just you know he has that comfort level on the offense he just kind of is able to run it but I think he like when it comes to offense like we said I think there's just kind of those big three that Michigan has that's really uh is really able to carry the load for the Wolverines. One of those big three uh, you mentioned uh, Ignas Brasdekis uh, sort of an off night for him uh, which is uh, a good sign for this team that you don't have to have all of these guys on at the same time they overcome and compensate but he is overall still playing at a very high level for a freshman isn't he James? Oh definitely I don't the, the level he's playing at I don't think many people maybe would have expected it you know, it's kind of funny because it's like coming into the season, I think one of the, the question was, you know, is he going to start? And I think now the question 15 games to the season is, is he going to be here for one year? Um, I mean, he's scored, you know, he's ripping off these 20-point these games. He's a Michigan's leading scorer. Um, I mean, honestly, coming into the season, I thought maybe he'd be a guy who could score, you know, 10, 12 points a game. Um, he, and he's clearly uh, <laughs> proved me wrong. I mean, if you look at the the Penn State game, he was kind of the guy that helped really put that game on ice um, down the stretch. He really seemed to kind of just take over in that in that second half. Um, I mean, he's clearly Michigan's uh, the best player on Michigan's team when it comes to just kind of um, finishing through through traffic. You know, getting to the rim, contorting his body, adjusting, and you know, finishing finishing at the basket. I mean, he does that with it seems with relative ease and. I mean, he's ambidextrous, so he can do it with either hand, so it's, it's it's difficult to guard. And, I mean, going back to that Penn State game, too, he kind of showed, you know, his improvement um, as far as being an outside shooter because he hit that corner three, um, I think, with around two minutes left, and that kind of really put the game away. I think it put Michigan back up by 12 or something like that. So, I mean, he's 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 shown strides. I mean, like we said, he's kind of improved as a three-point shooter. And, um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely – 
been much much better than I thought he was going to be this yeah. season. And and in, in in the like you alluded to in the in the Indiana game, I mean he wasn't at his best, but I mean that I think that just shows why Michigan is so good when you can have your top scorer not partic- you know be at his at his best. Granted, he was kind of settled with foul trouble as were several other people, but then I mean you have plenty of other guys who were able to pick up the slack, which is what, you know, Charles Matthews and Jordan Poole were able to do um, in the Indiana game. Well, Isaiah Livers missed a second straight game with those back spasms. Are they just being careful with him at this point, James, or was there much said about how long he's going to be out? Yeah, no, Coach Beeline said he doesn't expect it to be a, a long, a long-term thing, but um, I mean, I, I've never had back spasms, so I can't really relate to, I guess, what he's, what Isaiah is going through, but it seems to be kind of a fickle, fickle thing. I don't think they want to to rush him back. I think they want him to get fully healthy because um, before the season, we kind of, you know, Isaiah, Isaiah Livers, I mean, he's been injured before, but not with back seven, but last season he, he had that ankle injury where he, he was injured at Northwestern and he only missed one game. But um, I mean, before the season, Isaiah, you know, I asked him about, and he, he felt like he rushed back too soon from that. And I think if you look back to last season, if you kind of look at before that injury and after that injury, it, it didn't seem like he was really, much of the same player as he was, you know, um, mm-hmm. after that injury. I mean, he wasn't, especially on the offensive end, he really wasn't able to give Michigan the offensive punch that he kind of was giving them beforehand. Um, so I think they're trying to be cautious. It's kind of, um, I mean, he was a game-time decision against Indiana. He was, he went through warm-ups. It seemed like he was really cautious. He wasn't really trying to push anything. He was more so kind of just trotting through everything, you know, kind of, I wouldn't even say half speed, um, but I think yeah, definitely they don't they don't want to to rush him rush him back. Um, but I mean they kind of have they have time before their next game. I mean they don't play until they play at Illinois on Thursday, so they have a four day window here to kind of I guess um, get him back to health and get him treatment to see if he can play. Um, and and I'm not sure if it's something that you know is gonna just go away. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what uh, the solution is, but I don't know if it'll just be something where it's just him having to manage his comfort until it goes away or or kind of what's the plan. Um, But yeah, but I mean, with, with this, you know, with livers being out though, kind of, you know, an opportunity arises and um, you know, we kind of saw what Brandon Johns Jr. did with it. It kind of had a standout game, kind of a, gave Michigan what they needed um, against Indiana, especially with, due to the foul trouble where the Wolverines were forced to d- dive deep into their bench. And, um, you know, it could be liver's injury could be something where, you know, it makes, makes the entire team better. Um, Coach Bion kind of pointed to last season when Mo Wagner got injured um, and he was out a couple of games and that kind of helped John Teske get better. Um, so I guess you could look at liver's injury as kind of maybe a, I guess if you want to spin it in a positive way, it could, you know, help, help this Michigan team. I mean, it's going to, like, like I just said, in this Indiana game, it forced um, uh, Brandon Johns to kind of play more, especially with the foul trouble that, you know, John Teske and Austin Davis got in. And, um, you know, it could, it could be, a, a, I guess, a blessing in disguise moving forward, uh, Michigan having to, you know, develop their bench. I mean, because that was one thing in the non-conference season towards the end of it, you know, that uh, Coach Bion pointed to that they wanted to kind of do was, build up on their depth and develop their bench. But, you know, the games, how the way the games unfolded, it really didn't allow them much of a chance to do that. And I think with Livers being out, it kind of forces Michigan to have to, to do that. And 
So I think, like I said, if you want to put a positive spin on it, it's kind of uh, opened up the door for, for Brandon Johns to kind of make his case here. And I think he did a good job of showing, I guess, at least a glimpse of what he can do um, against Indiana where he was able to kind of take that take that test of going up against Javon Morgan, which is not an easy feat by any means. But I think he, he gave Michigan a, a spark. And I think he, he finished with, you know, season highs with eight points and eight rebounds and, and very productive minutes. So that, it, like I said, I mean, whenever they're able to get livers back, that's obviously going to be huge. But I mean, at least just for this Indiana game, they showed that uh, it's actually it's just a good sign moving forward that Brandon Johns, you know, kind of gave the minutes that he gave. Well, absolutely. I mean, you you want livers to come back, but it, you do need to expand the uh, the bench. Uh, that's something Coach Beeline has been talking about, as you mentioned. But you know, looking ahead, does Michigan need a seven, eight, or nine man rotation by February or March if they're going to stay in this thing? That's a good question. I mean, I think the hope is that they're able to maybe get it to to an eight man rotation. Coach Beeline is kind of he he doesn't seem to be too concerned about guys logging heavy minutes. I mean, when you look at the Penn State game, the first game without Livers, I mean, uh, Ignis Brasdakis played thirty eight minutes. I mean, he played all but all but two minutes in that game. And I mean, the next day we had availability, and Ignis was like, he was saying, he, he's like, I feel fresh. He's He's more than you know welcome to to carry a, a heavy a heavy load um, in terms of usage, but I mean we all know that the Big Ten's a grind and it's going to wear on wear on bodies. So I think it's something that's worth monitoring going forward, especially the, the stars minutes. I know Jordan Poole's been logging heavy minutes too. Um, he kind of you know logged uh, around the same amount of minutes as Iggy. I mean he logged 38 minutes against Penn State and then he logged you know 38 minutes again against Indiana. So um, it's just, I think it's just the big key of, uh, you know, whether a guys able to handle it. But I think moving forward, it could just be. Um, I think the biggest thing though is this backup, backup center spot behind Teske. It could be one of these things where it will continue to be maybe a matchup based thing moving forward. Whether it's you know Austin Davis or Brandon Johns, or it could be. I mean, it could be a thing where Brandon Johns just kind of solidifies this backup spot if he's able to kind of build off this performance he had against Indiana and just kind of lock it down and kind of just push Davis away where you know he could just be the the one guy they go to so he could just you know maybe just solidify and just have an eight-man an eight-man group moving forward but I mean it's it's one of the things where I feel like if it's not it's not broke don't fix it so um but obviously I think with Isaiah's injury it maybe might lead to Michigan moving towards a a deeper rotation moving forward just because they might want to, you know, I think when Isaiah comes back, he might be, it might be in a limited fashion. Um, I don't know if he's going to jump right back into, um, you know, his usual workload, maybe, you know, logging like 25, 26 minutes a game. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think they're more than capable of, you know, just kind of using this shorter uh, rotation moving forward. But I think with Liver's injury, they might have to dive a little bit deeper. So, um, but I think they, I think it, you know, they they know what works and what doesn't work. But I think uh, I kind of don't think David DeJulius maybe is really gonna kind of carve out a role at this point in the season. I kind of feel like he might just be a guy who might come in um, just if there's foul trouble, um, just because you have guys like Xavier Simpson, Eli Brooks, Jordan Poole. They're all capable of kind of handling the ball and getting Michigan's in its offense. So I mean, it's just kind of he kind of has there's kind of a log jam for him to kind of overcome to get minutes. Um, 
So I think the one guy who could kind of maybe carve out a more consistent role moving forward would would be Brandon John. So I could see Michigan maybe just sticking more with possibly an eight-man rotation uh, moving forward. As you mentioned, James, and we know it's going to be a grind the rest of the way in the Big Ten. And I've watched as much uh, uh, Big Ten hoops as I've been able to in the last week and then in December in between uh, football. You know, when you look at the teams in this conference and the high level of play, I mean, there truly is, especially on the road, no night off, is there? No, I mean, the Big Ten's always a grind. I mean, you just look at, I mean, it's so hard to, to win on the road. I mean, just look at Michigan's one lone road game that they had against Northwestern. I mean, they had to, they had to survive a last-second shot just to pull out a win there. And then, I mean, look at what Northwestern did uh, on Sunday night. I mean, they used the late three-pointer to down Illinois, and Illinois is kind of, you know, I guess you could consider one of the bottom feeders of of the Big Ten, and they were, you know, and they were seconds away from pulling out a win at Northwestern just like Michigan did. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you kind of just throw rankings and all that stuff out the window anytime you have to go on the road just because, I mean, every team knows everybody so well. Um, You know, every team, you know, there's so much more film at this point of the season and in terms of scouting, the kind of teams are – they know what to what to do to take take away your strengths and make you play left handed, um, and I mean Michigan. I mean they're we'll we'll see. I mean it, they got Illinois coming up here on Thursday, and mm-hmm. I mean I guess looking at it, you could say, oh, I mean that should be uh, relatively easy. But um, like you said, I mean nothing nothing is really really easy uh, in the Big Ten. I mean you can just see teams maybe going on the road and getting blasted, and then they you know you have a they go back home and then they just you know, annihilate a team at home. So it's just, it's going to be one of those things where maybe if you're able to just go 500 on the road, I mean, that's that's going to be a major accomplishment. I mean, I, I know heading into Big Ten play, Coach Beeline said he thought um, maybe a team that goes 12-8 and eight would be good enough to win the Big Ten. I mean, I don't I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, think, I think Michigan will probably have a better record than that. But, I mean, yeah, the Big Ten is going to be a grind. It's going to be hard to win on the road. But, I think if you look at Michigan's schedule, I think they have, I think they actually have a favorable schedule. It's kind of how, you know, teams have, we, we see how teams are playing this season. I mean, if you look at the games where they just have to go on the road this season, they have, it's just at Illinois, at Iowa, and at Rutgers. And I feel like those are all three winnable games for Michigan. And then the games that they have just at home, you know, Ohio State, Purdue, and um, I'm blanking on the third one, but I think they, it's kind of a more favorable schedule for Michigan um, if you just kind of look at their odds of, I guess, maybe uh, winning the, the Big Ten regular season title. Um, but, yeah, definitely I think if Michigan's able to go at least 500 on the road, that's definitely going to bode well um, for their chances. But as we saw, they've only had one Big Ten road game so far, and it was uh, it took it went down to the last possession for them to pull it out. And it's I think that kind of is just going to be the case for, for most games on the road this season in the Big Ten. Well, final question for you, James, uh, and this sort of plays off what we've just been talking about. Twelve and eight, and Coach Beeline said twelve and eight might win the Big Ten, which, yeah, that's hard to imagine because uh, last week on BTN they were having uh, the discussion: how many wins is it going to take to get NCAA eligible? And most of the analysts were saying eh, thirteen or fourteen, which to me seems high as far as uh, the number needed to get in. But thirteen or fourteen. Seems like maybe the team is going to win it. Yeah, I think that does seem a little high just because, I mean, if you look at the past, the most recent rankings, I think there were seven Big Ten teams 
that were in the top 25 ranking. And that's, I think, like, you know, half the teams uh, in the Big Ten, I mean, you play them, you could get, like, this Tier 1 win. So, I mean, there's there's quality wins. I mean, it seems like, uh, I mean, most teams, you know, you look at you're playing two games a week, you're probably at least getting a shot at a quality win every week, which is <laughs> definitely going to bode well for the Big Ten when it comes on to Selection Sunday. So um, that does seem pretty high in terms of, you know, looking for a team to get into, you know, the, the tournament. I, I guess maybe in a sense, if you're looking at maybe like the lesser teams in this, in the, in the big 10, that might be, I guess the mark they have to reach. But I feel like the teams that are, that are already ranked in the big 10, I mean, I feel like the big, the conference already has a good shot of getting like seven, seven teams in the, into the tournament, just because um, there's going to be plenty of quality wins um, to be had. But I mean, but on the flip side of that, it's not like teams are really going to have bad losses, you know, if, if they're, you know, if they're losing, you know, on the road to these to these teams. I feel like as long as you're able to avoid, I, I guess, losing at some of the, you know, like we allude to the bottom feeders, you know, if you're able to avoid losses, you know, like Rutgers or, you know, Illinois on the road, which I guess you could deem a not a, you know, kind of a, a, a bad loss. I think if you're able to avoid those, um, um, but probably those would be worse at home, not even on the road. But um, I, I guess if you're just able to avoid, you know, a home loss against some of the bottom teams in the Big Ten, I mean, it's not like a lot of these, a lot of these teams you lose to are really going to destroy your your resume, so to speak. So, yeah, I just feel like there's there's plenty of quality chances for for teams to pick up wins uh, throughout this Big Ten season, and I think that's only going to bode well for for the conference um, when it comes to the tournament. So, yeah, I think the 13, 14 wins is a bit bit much in terms of, you know, teams kind of locking down a NCAA tournament. But I think it just might just depend on who they're able to beat at the right time. I feel like you can maybe even split it and go 10 and 10 depending on the team, and, but you're able to pick up some big wins, you know, maybe road wins over these ranked teams. I feel like that would uh, do enough to really, you know, boost your resume, I guess, and maybe at least give you a chance of being on the bubble. Our guest today on our game day show has been beat writer James Hawkins from the uh, Detroit News. Uh, it's, it's going to be a, a fascinating and fun uh, January, February, and March. We know that, James. So, as always, we thank you for your time, and we're going to have you back soon and uh, see what's going on. So, you have a great day. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, Mike. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, basketball will be down in Champaign on Thursday night and back home on Sunday for a night game at Chrysler with Northwestern. Coach Kim Barnes-Arico and her team enter the week at 10-5 overall, 1-2 in Big Ten play. They have Northwestern at home tonight, we're recording on Tuesday, and make a road trip to Maryland for a Saturday game. Hockey picked up a big win in South Bend on Saturday in that very warm-weather outdoor game. We'll be getting some missing parts back this week as our Team USA contingent arrives back in town. We have a home game tonight with Merrimack and then head down to Columbus for a pair this weekend. We are 7-7-6 overall, 4-4-2 in Big Ten play. Don't forget our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeart, and Wolverine Sports Radio, so check them out. That will do it for this week. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. 
Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until next time, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!